Welcome to the Life at Anchor podcast, where I will be sharing stories, tips and tricks, and having conversations with friends about how to live a creative and intentional life anywhere you may drop anchor. I'm your host, Van Nguyen. I'm a military spouse, proud mama bear to two, avid crafter and memory keeper, and self-proclaimed foodie. And this is episode two, and I have back with me my dear friend, fellow military spouse, mother of boys, homeschooling mama, crafting and writing extraordinaire, Sierra Beaton. Good morning, Sierra. Good morning, my friend. Um, you know, it's the day started out when I was setting up kind of gloomy, but it it's like the sun just came out and it's really beautiful. It really is. <laughs> so another great day to record our podcast. We're recording on Sunday, again outside and a little bit chillier than last time. Yes, I when I was getting dressed, I was looking for non-crinkly clothes. <laughs> I so did too. Wouldn't come through. <laughs> I was gonna wear my like big puffer jacket. I was like, oh wait, that might make noise. So I'm yeah. wearing like a double layer of like a pullover and some other stuff. Yes. See, we're always thinking the same. We're in sync. <laughs> like always, and like always, meaning that it's the second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not our second conversation. This we is do true. this a lot. This so. is true. So I figured we'd start off with what are you loving? Okay. Well, right now I am loving intermittent fasting. I started um, a couple months ago um, because I was just looking for a way to feel less bleh. And it's working. Lo oh. and behold, it turns out it I do feel better. Wait, wait, so. which flavor of intermittent fasting are you doing? I know, doing? right? Yes. Okay, so, and I am by no means an expert. I opted for the 1410. So that means that I eat um, for, like, I can eat within 10 hours and then for 14 hours, I don't. So. And in that time that you're not eating, because I've struggled with this, we talked about this before, but. Do you drink water or coffee or tea or is it like nothing? I, so in the evening I'll drink water. In the morning there's like an hour-ish overlap where I will drink coffee or tea. Okay. But. Can you um, have milk and sugar in there? So I don't do sugar regardless, but, (laughs) um, but depending on the morning, I mean, I will add a splash of. Uh, half and half, you know, there's different things. So some of them are hardcore, nothing. And then some of them say, as long as it's under 35 calories, then, you know, you're basically like holding the thing. For me, my big thing was the food and the snacking and the whatever. So I don't, I, again, am not hardcore here, but I have noticed a difference just by doing what I'm doing. So at dinner and we eat early, so I'm done eating at 6.30 at night and my family has finally like learn to stop offering me anything after that. They just don't even ask. So it makes it way easy to stick to it. And then in the morning, you know, I get up and by the time I'm done getting everyone else fed, it's pretty close to the start of my, you know, actual eating time anyway. So I just don't notice a... How long have you been doing it to to see an effect? Yeah. So I started in July. And that's a couple months. I want like a reaction like the next day. (laughs) Hold up. (laughs) I started in July and then we went on vacation and it went completely out the window. And then it took me a couple of weeks to get back on track. So let's, I mean, I would say realistically from the beginning of September. Okay. Um, so it does take a little bit, but, yes. and, and, and I have seen some weight loss, which is great, but I just feel better. I don't yeah. feel so heavy. Do you do it like every day or is it five out of seven or? I do it every day um, except for like known things. So gotcha. if we have an activity in the evening or like if there's a birthday, I mean, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. But because my doctor, I, my doctor had said when I was chatting with her, she's like, well, maybe you should try intermittent fasting. And I looked into it. I think we talked about it as well. I, did. I have a latte every morning. So it has sugar. And so I was like, well, if I can delay the latte, maybe do a cup of green tea. Right. 
I mean, I'll try maybe after the holidays. <laughs> you know, and I also, when I first started, I looked at the option because, you know, there's 1410, there's 168, and then there's also a five and two, which is five days of just regular eating and then two days of full fasting. And my recollection is that on those fasting days, you have like a 500 ish calorie yeah. cap yeah. total. And I remember reading in July and I was like, oh no, <laughs> that's never going to happen. That does not happen ever. in my house. <laughs> But I found that over the last couple months as I've done the 1410, I mean, my body is adjusted, so I'm just not hungry yeah. like I used to be. And I actually think I could probably do that. Like I could give it a try yeah. for those two days. And I mean, I'd be curious to see, but I definitely feel like that's more doable now than it was yeah. in July. So starting with like a 12-12 is probably a good. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then just working incrementally, because even if 12-12 isn't officially an intermittent fasting, it does stop you yeah. from the eating that's my problem because I especially with Justin gone I and the kid after the kids go to bed I eat at night because it's like the one time where I can eat something and Benjamin won't be like mama can I have some I was like no but this is mama's special food so yes well for me so I have not eliminated dessert I have not changed the way I'm eating yeah. other than when I'm eating yeah and I do I'm like okay cool well I've had my breakfast so we're gonna eat dessert now <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm going to eat M&M's or cookie or whatever. It usually happens <laughs> at about 11 in the morning. <laughs> and then I have all day, too. I told my kids, I was like, all of this Halloween candy needs to leave the house before okay, the holidays. Your butterfingers need to leave my house. Oh, Holy you can have them. Smoke. No, no, no. I want them out, <laughs> out, out. Because, yeah, those are bad news. Or find a baking recipe of some sort of cupcake or brownie that puts all of the candy in. Okay. Yes, Maybe we well, should do monster that. Monster cookies or <laughs> butterfinger cake. Exactly. Ooh, butterfinger cake? It's out there. I, this is not a brand new idea to me. I have read about this. So, okay, this yeah. may need to be actually tested and discussed in later episodes. Yeah. So what am I loving? I am loving my neighbors. So but for me, it was a rough week this week. And so one day, randomly, a neighbor came by with a big pot of pot roast and said, here's Aww. your dinner. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then yesterday I looked outside and your husband was blowing the leaves from my house, which I attempted to do that morning, but felt overwhelmed and stopped. And then went inside to have my cup of coffee. So I was like, oh, thank you. And not necessarily the things that your neighbors do, but knowing that even with, you know, your partner gone, who does a lot of that stuff when he is here, to know that people just care about you and are checking in on you and... It's hard for us. I think generally speaking, military spouses often don't ask for help. But when someone just does it, you're always grateful. And you had done that for me when we lived in Hawaii. I had to move out of the house, pack out, get ready to leave. Justin was underway, so he wasn't home. I was overwhelmed. And you came up to me one day and you said, I'm taking your little children. And Benjamin was a baby. Like, he was one. Said, I'm taking your little children after school to so you can do whatever you need to do. And so I would just clean. And then my neighbor across the street, Jamie, one day she just literally walked into the house with like Clorox wipes and, you know, cleaning supplies and just started cleaning. But on a more frivolous side, I'm really loving my bread maker. <laughs> I used to be very anti-bread maker back in the day when I didn't have kids and thought everything should be made by hand and you didn't need a machine. But making a loaf of bread in the morning and having it ready for lunch for the kids and it's still delicious is has been enjoyable. So um, I have the Brevel Smart Loaf, which is overly expensive, but I love my bread maker. I'll link it in the um, show notes below, but yeah, don't feel like you need to buy it. I think you can get a pretty good- I have a cheap Panasonic. Which works perfectly <laughs> well. Works fine. But I, I love my shiny Brevel. <laughs> okay, next one. What are you working on? Right now I'm working on Christmas gifts. Oh, 
Somehow. We talked about it last week, too. I know. I know. Every August, I think, okay, I got to start now because I know from past years that September, October, November just disappear somehow. And then all of a sudden I'm scrambling and my Aiden has a birthday at the beginning of December. And so that one almost always catches me off guard. I'm so focused on Christmas. And then three days out, I'm like, oh shoot, <laughs> good <a> birthday. <laughs> so anyway, I'm trying, I'm trying really hard to get all these, the stuff knocked out. And then I have photo projects. So every year, you know, our parents, they need things in a way that it's not even worth mentioning because they'll just go get it. So we do photo gifts every year. Yeah. But they're so time consuming. And um, so right now my calendar, doing my four by six calendar, which I've done every year for, I don't know, I think we're coming up on my 10th year. Yeah. Um, I love that your family values the photo calendars. There was one year where I made, you know, the grandparents and even the siblings, these giant poster sized mm-hmm. calendars. I used a Kelly Perky template. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, Liz Tatamaha, I think, template, Paisley Press. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought they were beautiful. I had them printed at Costco, which was really affordable. And I love them, but I don't think anybody <laughs> hung them up <laughs> hung them up, or even valued them. And I was, like, so gutted. I spent so much time doing it. I'm going to have to remember the 4x6 calendar next year because it's not happening this year. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's getting any gifts. Okay, what am I working on? Um, I'm still working on my gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing. Kind of like linking to what I talked about before of having like a bad week. I really am trying to focus on being more positive and grateful. Mm. I finally took Benjamin to get a haircut um, from the only person who's allowed to cut his hair or, Benjamin, or Justin's hair. He was just saying, you know, it's, it's been really hard. And I was like, oh, you know, thanks for the reminder because you know, I've been overwhelmed with work. And sometimes I didn't think I need to just pause and not feel like I need to complain or be like, what was my life? But be grateful that I have work, that, you know, we're healthy and there's so much that we have amidst everything else. And I think when I'm overwhelmed with people that are negative or hearing kind of like the, not the whining, because I think everyone's entitled to complain because it's hard. But I think when I hear it too much, it kind of brings me down. And then everything else that like is bearing on me, yeah, you know, kind of overwhelms me. And I think that's why last week, and you were there because I was like, Sarah, I need a hug. Um, By the way, I love being your one approved hugger. (laughs) It's great fun for me. Yes, I have one approved hugger who's outside of my very small family, and it is Sierra, because I'm like, I need a hug. I was just like, so I think I just need to focus on being grateful, taking one day at a time, and you know, if the only thing I have to complain about my life is that my husband is pursuing his dream, and that I have work, life is pretty good, you know, and I keep, and I was talking to my hairdresser, I was like, yeah, you know, we didn't have to... I'd have to escape communism and oppression. Like, there's so much to be grateful for. So I think I need to keep that in check. So I am working and trying to be more positive because I think I generally am a positive person. But this week was just a little bit of a downer. (laughs) Well, and you know, I mean, I want to validate that too because, yes, grand scheme of things, not a big deal. That doesn't change the fact that it's still your life and it's overwhelming in the moment. Yeah. And... And it's okay to have that. Yeah. I mean, you're welcome to spend more time with my tiny people because last night, Baxter's grateful thought was for the tomato in his salad. So that is a great thing to be grateful right? for. <laughs> right? I know. So, I mean, talk about finding the little stuff. Exactly. He's exactly. And then the third thing, what are you proud of this week? I am proud of making headway in my reading stack. And most of my reading stack is not made up of Lucy's score. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 
Yes. But no, I had to pause on Lucy's score because Aiden has been giving me books to read. I, I try to keep up. I really enjoy middle grade and young adult. Agreed. Love fiction. Like it's just, it nails it. And, um, and so I have a stack of books that at this point is six or seven books deep that he's like, here, mom, read this. And then, and I like doing that so we can talk about it, whatever. But one we've had for over the course of years has been the Wings of Fire series. Oh, yeah. And now I think Charlotte is trekking yeah, um, right along with that. Aiden has uh, let uh, Charlotte borrow a couple of them. Yeah, right. Well, I have not. The, the most recent one has been out for months and months. And he, of course, inhales them when they come in. He's done in four hours and wants to tell me all about it. I'm like, no spoilers. <laughs> but I, then I also didn't get around to reading it. So earlier this week, I started and, of course, got sucked in. So, you know, now I'm... <laughs> Do you like it? Is it good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, really? I've read every single one. In fact... We started them as read aloud. Oh, no, no, we didn't. I'm sorry. Aiden started them. And then he, at the time, he was in first grade. And so I was like, eh, I don't know if this is really an appropriate subject matter for you. And so I said, okay, well, let's start over and we'll do it as a read aloud so that I can make sure that we're tracking and that you understand some of the, most of it's totally fine. But there are a couple parts where they fight or there's things said. And I'm like, do you understand what's happening here? And, and are you processing this in a healthy way? Which he is and he's fine. But I got hooked. So the problem now is that I'm in book 14, and it's like the Harry wow. Potter season. I know. I know. This thing has gone on. So I've read every single one. We talk about them. And then there's a couple side books. But he, you know, will go back and read these things over and over and over again, which I totally remember from Anne of Green Gables or, or particularly like a Harry Potter series when you and I are of an age yeah. where we had to wait the full year before the oh next one came out. I remember right? waiting in line at Walmart for the very last book. Me too. Yeah. Barnes and Noble. And I was like, Aiden's like, you stood in line at midnight? And I'm like, yeah. heck yeah, I did. I did too. <laughs> like, with my little brother. So, but he's in that now, you know. So we're in book 14 and it's a different set of characters. And it, um, but it's in the same time period as the first five books. And I'm like, uh, I mean, this sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't remember the details, and I don't have time to go back and reread all five books. So, so you just ask Aiden, right? He's terrible about spoilers. <laughs> so I really can't. I really can't. And in fact, I have to stop him a lot of times because he starts going, I'm like, stop. No spoilers. Stop. Stop. So anyway, but I'm really, I'm, I'm very... I shouldn't be proud of myself, but I am. You should. Actually starting to read these books and make my way through my, my backlog of middle grade literature. Because uh, it's just, I love having those conversations with yeah. him. Charlotte gave me, so we started subscribing to Owl Crate a couple months ago. Yeah, how's that working out? I mean, we love it. The first one was a, a home run, is that the term? <laughs> um, but it was great. And it was a book called A Pinch of Magic. And Charlotte loved it, like read it from the beginning and raved about it and said, mom, dad, you need to read it. Justin's slightly reluctant. And I was like, okay, I'll read it. I'm still not done because it's kind of the same thing. Like you need to have the time to do it and it's not an audiobook, So I can't listen to it while I'm mowing the grass. So what am I proud of? I, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I finished one of my quilts that I actually brought outside. It's so pretty. So it's this, actually I finished the quilt top back in July and only recently last week actually quilted it and then bound it. I have this pile of projects that, you know, need to be completed still. So um, finally finished that. I have a couple more, but I'm going to send that to my um, parents for Christmas. And like, they don't do a lot of like holiday decor. And so I thought that would be a nice, you know, quilt for them to have in the house. Mm -hmm. I really like how you're sticking with, you have held firm to the quilting. I love quilting. It is so fun. And it's like, 
again, like this idea of micro productivity, mm-hmm. you know, the first step is choosing your pattern, then choosing your fabrics. And if you have a quilt, a kit, then you have to deal with it. But then it's cutting the pieces and then it's sewing, piecing them together with the blocks and then putting the, so it's like, it's very multi-step and it's like a long process, but there are things that I can do and feel like I'm having progress Mm -hmm. like in an evening or like in a, like a one or two hour, you know, open period of time, but it does get drawn out. Like I'll have quilts that I'll, that are in progress for a year and I've only been doing this for two years. So can you imagine the number of projects I have waiting in the wings? It, it's really better if we don't think about that. <laughs> but I will say, I mean, just in the last year, how many have you completed? Because it feels like a lot. I've done a lot. Um, actually, I was counting them. I did, I have a Christmas quilt, a Christmas tree quilt that I finished recently. And I pulled it out because it's almost the holidays. I was like, we're going to enjoy this quilt. I did Charlotte. I made Charlotte a Harry Potter quilt. Which was a big one. Yeah, it was like a twin. It fills our full bed. Um, and that's hard to quilt because a lot of people will make these quilt tops and then send them out to a long armor to get quilted professionally. And it just costs a lot of money. I mean, it costs like almost a hundred. And if you have custom quilting up to 200 plus dollars to custom quilt. And I mean, the hobby itself is already so expensive and I have a machine that I can try to quilt it myself. So, um, but yeah, I'll have to count and share next time, but uh, I have also a lot of smaller kind of wall hanging quilts that I've worked on on the embroidery machine that have been really great. Like that cherry blossom one took me months. I think that one. I, mean, I guess I'm just going to put this out here. I think that your quilting productivity has far <laughs> surpassed our scrapbooking productivity. It has. I think I've like shifted my focus. I still scrapbook, but not to the same intensity that we used to. And I think, I don't know why. I don't know why I felt like, I think maybe I've just been doing it for a while now. Like we talked about it, like. They say it takes seven years to become an expert in something. And then sometimes you need to have the feeling that you're a novice again and to become an expert in that to kind of reinvigorate your brain and your enthusiasm and motivation. And I think when I started sewing and quilting and embroidering, it was at that point where I had been scrapbooking and memory keeping and paper crafting for about almost like 10 years, nine or 10 years. And I think I just needed something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and to feel like I didn't know anything and to feel that huge progress and development is really vigorating because nobody in the scrapbooking world ever tags me on Instagram, but baby lock tags me all the time <laughs> and I feel great about it. So, so I think that's probably why, but I, I am really enjoying it. And so it's also been very useful making masks. <laughs> And I need to make more masks. I know. I have to make Reagan more masks. I have to Reagan. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I need to make myself more masks. You need I don't to go to mask. sleep. That's what you need to do. I have slept. Good. The past two nights, I've slept for over Keep seven practicing hours. That. <laughs> Keep practicing sleep, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's to me. What am I proud of? I've slept for the past two nights. I think I was just so tired. I, like, went to bed when my kids went to bed. And I woke up, like, at seven. So I had, like, plus seven plus hours of sleep. Oh, and because of our last podcast when you talked about doing yoga, I actually went running yesterday. Look at you. I went on my Peloton app, went on my treadmill. I, like, ran for 45 minutes, like, used doing a warm-up, a workout, and then a cool-down. I'm sore today. <laughs> but I am wearing workout clothes because after this, after I make the kids breakfast, I am going to go try running again because it, it does feel good. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm sure the intermittent fasting is like giving yourself time and focus on your body because you can't do what you need to do unless you have, you take care of yourself. It does feel good. And I remember when I was working out, I felt so much better and more confident with myself. I just need to get there again. And maybe having a bad week is what needed to push me to, you know, focus on that again. Gold star for us. (laughs) So the main discussion topic today is anxiety in anticipation. 
and specifically as it relates to my own anxiety as we plan and prepare for our family's next move after a very long and beloved tenure in Northern Virginia, D.C. area. I selfishly wanted to talk about this with Sierra in particular because we just got some more information that suggests that our family will most likely be moving to Florida. However, for a variety of reasons, I don't anticipate moving for another year and a half. So coupled with almost a massive relief that I get to delay our move by a year and that I get to stay on this street and neighborhood for a year longer than planned, there's still a lot of anxiety about planning for those next steps, answering people's questions about when and why, and I thought it would be a great topic to discuss. In Sierra, I know that I'm probably a source of creating that anxiety for you too because I'm always asking you, do you know where you're going next? Do you know when you're moving? And can't you stay another year, especially since I am now staying another year as well? Oh, it's not as bad as my children. <laughs> do they ask? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Even they the littles? do. And in fact, um, just the other night we were watching a movie like two nights ago and I just, as an offhanded comment across the room said, hey, Reagan, if we wind up staying here for two more years, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z with the house. But all Aiden heard was, we're staying. Oh. And so he's like, you got your assignment? We're doing it? We're doing it? And I was like, no, sorry. Pause. Yeah. I was just saying, yeah. but heads up. There's more work coming if we stay. So, And I, it doesn't seem to me like you've even been here that long. Like, I feel like you just moved in. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, our assignments tend to be on the shorter side of things. I know a lot of military families who wind up, they either go to the same four places, so it when they come back, it feels like it's just an extension of the first time, or they have longer assignments. They're at places for four or five, six years. And that's for Reagan's particular job, not how it's worked out for us. Yeah. So the end result is that Aiden is on his seventh move, and he's about to turn 10. Yeah. And, um, and my littles are, you know, they'll be on their fourth move at four. So yeah. it's just, um, yeah, it's just a hard one. For us, we, our anticipation and anxiety is around where to. Because the nature of Reagan's job, it means that we don't have this, you know, small pool of locations oh yeah we talk about this from. I'm like we're gonna go somewhere that has an ocean because that's only where you can fit a ship but right. you guys could be in the middle of nowhere um, it's a pretty wide selection of stuff and and not there's not a lot of way to narrow it down until you actually get the phone call that says hey we're thinking about sending you here and I will say for us we haven't had we have not struggled like you guys have with um the assignment changing much we had one instance where the location stayed the same but the job changed so yeah. he went he wound up going to a different office and that happened mid like we, we were already on a plane across the pacific ocean when that happened but oh really um but it didn't impact uh your family right i mean we we certainly know stories of people who have put their stuff on a boat yep and then been like nope just kidding <laughs> you're going somewhere else and that's all that's a whole other thing. So we've been lucky in that sense. Um, it is always a source of anxiety until you were at your next spot. Yeah. But we had not, we didn't have orders, but we had a written letter of intent saying, hey, after Hawaii, you will be moving to Japan. And we started that process of doing the medical clearance. Actually ended up, because we thought we would go back to San Diego. But when they said that letter, we're like, well, we can't keep that house in San Diego. We need to sell it. 
So we ended up selling that house that we had purchased. And then a couple months down the line, they said, sorry, you're not qualified to go to Japan. You're going back to San Diego. And I was like, I just sold my house and I can't afford that house anymore. And even like when we were in Dahlgren, not Dahlgren, in Newport, Rhode Island, when Justin was doing department head school for training, we were told that we were going back to San Diego after after Newport. So a lot of our stuff was just in storage in San Diego. And we would go back to that, you know, that house. And then again, they're like, oh, no, you're going to Hawaii. Even though things never go as we planned, the only time it's ever gone as planned is after the Naval Academy, where he got to go straight to San Diego. And this job in D.C., these two jobs in D.C., we've never gone to where we wanted. But it's it's not been a bad thing because we've always made the most of it and the experiences have always been great and we've met some wonderful people and we've enjoyed our time. And we realize that as much as we love a house or a neighborhood, we need to be together and we just need to make the most of it because this is the life that we have and the kids need their dad and I ultimately need him too. Even if he's only there for 50% of the time, you know, I want him to come home to me and I want the kids want him to come home to them. So I think that's hard, but also it's, it's just hard. I also don't want to leave the street in the middle of the pandemic because I won't get a Tears and Fears Fest either. So you should stay another year um, too. I think we can make something work. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to leave before you at this point. The funny thing is that a lot of my scrapbooking when I do go back into the archives, I suppose, is that most of the years, like you said, are kind of distinct not only by year, but location because we moved so often. Mm-hmm. But this past couple of years, because we've all just been here, is the first time I'm seeing consistency. Yeah, that's kind of a different kind of growth. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, it's our third chili cook-off, or it's our, like, you know, the you know, the third, like, Halloween party. And I've never had that consistency, which is also really beautiful, too. It is. I will say, for projects like December Daily, you know, when you read the comp, you know, people are like, oh, it's the same thing every year, every year, every year. And I'm like, no, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What's consistency? I mean, part of doing December Daily is the fact that there's at least one time in any given year where I've said, hey, here's our here's our address, and here's what it looks like when we do Christmas decorations oh. at this house, and here's... When you were telling me that the topic this week was going to be, you know, kind of anxiety and anticipation, I'll tell you, it's not often anymore the anxiety of the location that gets me. There's two things. One is that... They move, So we used to find out December-ish, which was better because that gave you time to kind of do some research. And then if you had to get applications in for school or um, do any prep work, you know, you felt like you had time. And now notifications are coming out late February, early March. And some people get them even later than that, which is just ridiculous. But, you know, there's anxiety around kids and getting your kids into the things, you know, that they need to be in to help minimize the the disruption and then I have anxiety around the stuff oh my gosh I have got boxes of things that I'm like well I needed this two houses ago and I haven't needed it at this house but I might need it at the next house so I don't want to get rid of it so I read these organizing books and they're like (laughs) if you're not using it get rid of it and I'm like that doesn't apply to a military family because you don't know what you're going to need is this house going to have wire shelving or is it going to have wood shelving well I now have ways to expand you know my storage options on both I don't need my wire shelving stuff here. So I've just got boxes in the attic. Marie Kondo does not apply to us. (laughs) So this is the kind of stuff, you know, and then I, I get a little anxious over it because I'm like, oh, I'm just storing all this stuff and it's, you know, weighing me down. And at the same time, 
I mean, these are things I've acquired over a number of years with each move as we've had more things. And it's not a matter of just getting rid of it now and buying more later because that's a lot of money. Yeah. And so that's truly, those are my two high points of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> it Although comes down to it. When, when we figured out the timing of when the ship was moving and when Justin would be in Florida, because I, I told him and we agreed just for purposes of renting our house out and with school schedules and I was like, okay, that gives me another year to go through my crap. Because <laughs> there's, like you said, there is a lot of stuff. And I have a lot of stuff as well. But I've, I've compiled all this stuff over like four or five years because we've been here so long and we're used to the amount of space. But yes, you should stay here one more year. Um, at least. Yeah, at least. <laughs> I oh, may wouldn't never, that be lovely? <laughs> I may never leave. <laughs> I know. I told Charlotte and she's like, wait, so we're staying one more year? And she's, I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, I'm telling Lily. Oh, is Aiden staying too? <laughs> it was like two seconds. I was like, I don't know. And so maybe that's why maybe they were talking about like, oh, we've got another year together. Because um, it has been really fun. Because even the two kids, they've been chatting. They're like, oh, maybe we'll live together. Oh, they've got a plan. Oh, They wait. definitely have a plan. Do you know what their plan is? Um, Yeah, they're, they've somehow decided that the Air Force and Navy are going to sync up and just keep <laughs> us in the same location from here on out. Although if we were in Norfolk and you were in Hampton Roads where Langley is, that would work. Yeah, but you're not in Norfolk. <laughs> so we're the places. You gotta find me a location in Florida, or or, or when we move, go back to Hawaii. Just let's just live in Hawaii. Oh, wouldn't that be so nice? I thought we were going to Hawaii. I like when if you had asked me to put money down on where I thought Justin would get stationed after this tour, I was like, I was like, I was like, we're gonna go to Hawaii. I was looking at real estate in Hawaii. I like had my sister on deck to be like, maybe help me buy a house because <laughs> mm. Hawaii's so expensive. Yeah, that didn't happen. But anyways, so I don't know if we have time to talk about mornings. I don't think we have another. We'll have <laughs> to tally that another time. <laughs> so thank you so much, Sierra, for dealing, helping me chat through my anxiety. I'm always here for you, Van. <laughs> and then when you figure out where you're going, we'll have another conversation. Oh, goodness. Um, so thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life at Anchor podcast. You can follow me, Made by Van, on Instagram or Facebook. You can also find me at my website, lifeatanchor.com. I hope that you'll join me for our next episode.